0: Hi friends, welcome to the Nation podcast where we support the bariatric community with humor, humility, and honesty. I'm April and this month Jason, Natalie, and I are kind of dividing and conquering. We are talking to some amazing members of our community about their experience in their current stage and really what we want to get to this month is what do we wish we knew about the stage that we're in and then what actions or what habits or what things do we really wish we would have done before we entered that the stage that we're in to really make the most or to maximize the stage that we find ourselves in now. Uh, So I recorded an amazing uh, episode with three other members of our community. Elle uh, had some scheduling issues on the day that we were going to do it all together. So you guys get to hear Elle on her own, describing what her life and maintenance has been like, and really what what she's discovered, what she kind of wished she knew, and then how she's going to move forward uh, in this stage. The conversation is absolutely amazing. It was just she, and I, uh, and I know that you are going to leave here with some big aha moments. And really, no matter what stage you're in, even if you're thinking about having bariatric surgery you're going to get a lot out of this episode. And if you are beyond this stage, if you are living life in automation, uh, hopefully you're going to hear some very encouraging things about Elle and the direction that she's heading. So super excited for you guys to listen, watch, and enjoy this episode. We'd love to know what you think. Okay, let's dive in. Elle, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. We're so excited to to talk with you today. Uh, We are spending this whole month uh, with the opportunity to connect with members of Berry Nation who are kind of at different stages of the bariatric journey. And really, what we want to know from them and from you today is what are some things that you wish you knew about life and maintenance before you got to maintenance?
1: It's a good question because, <laughs> as you asked me, I'm thinking to myself and I'm like, hmm, so much. Um, I think it's so much of my life, or pretty much most of it, as I can remember. I was focused on losing weight. And so for me, the concept of maintenance did not exist at all, period. So learning to find balance and being okay with not having this goal of losing weight is something so foreign to me that I really had to almost rethink my priorities and evaluate what's important um and i'll explain a little bit what i mean by that so i was always so fixated on a specific number on the scale and to me that like was my whole identity like i'm like if i just can hit a certain number that would be it like i've reached this point and i'll be happy like i attributed losing weight to happiness to that's my end goal and then the concept and the thought of maintenance just never even crossed my mind. Are you having bariatric or revision surgery related to other weight loss procedures and feeling nervous about the post-surgical pain management? Check out yourxfactor.com to learn more about steps to take to prepare yourself both physically and mentally for your surgery. So Enter the point, I was probably a year in. Um, I did, I hit that goal. I hit that number, I hit that, you know, end point. And then I kind of got hit with, wait, well, what's next? Yes. <laughs> it was like this awkward realization of, okay, I got to a number in my life was never possible, or I never thought I would hit or attain. And then I'm like, but oh, wait a minute. Now, what do I do? And then it's interesting because first when they said, you know, the concept of like a honeymoon period of the first year, a year and a half. Mm -hmm. And then when I was like looking back at it and I hit that, I was like, yeah, that was a honeymoon because that was, it wasn't easy. I hate that word because nothing about this is easy. It was, it required less thought on my end. Mm-hmm. it was just something i normally knew how to do i knew how to restrict my calories i knew how to eat you know in a very minimal way i knew how to weigh my food i knew how to how to weigh myself i knew how to do all of that because i've been doing it since i was probably 8 or 9 years old so then i hit a point where i'm like okay i've reached that number and now what it was like a weird It was a weird point to be at. So for me, just even getting to that point of maintenance, I had to kind of reassess and be like, okay, well, what are my goals now? And how do I do this? How do I stay in a point where I'm healthy? Or I thought I was.
0: Hi, friends. It's April. We are so excited to officially announce that ProCare Health is the official vitamin of Barry Nation. We were introduced to ProCare Health at the first Bariatric Society retreat in San Diego, and we have all fallen in love with our product and with the people behind the company. Jason, Natalie, and I have all made the switch to ProCare Health daily bariatric multivitamins, and we are seeing huge results. We invite you to check out ProCare Health by visiting them online at www.procarenow.com and use the code Barry Nation for 10% off your order. And you guys, this evening, applies to vitamin subscription services. So if you want your vitamins delivered every month or every 90 days, that 10% off is going to apply to that subscription. See what I mean about patient forward, patient centered? ProCare is amazing. And we are so excited to be partnered with them. Welcome to the Berry Nation family, ProCare Health. Well, that is such an interesting point. And especially when you said, you know, like you, you have known how to kind of eat And follow a bariatric life since you were eight or nine, Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden, right? So you've got two decades, three, whatever, right? Like all of this time where you very much understand what this like system or what this mind mindset is all about, and then all of a sudden you get to the point you're like, oh, I really, I don't know how to do any of this because now this is a completely different style of living, eating, all the things. Exactly. It's it's like almost
1: finding this balance, and balance is something. I never did. Well, I never was able to figure out, you know, I could always hit some sort of a goal, but then I never figured out how to sustain that. And I never figured out how to balance that to be like, okay, well, this is real life. A birthday party comes up, you know, the kids are on the run. I need to eat quickly. Like, how do you do that while still, Following that bariatric lifestyle while still also getting fitness in while still working full time, how do you do all of that without it becoming obsessive? And I am a very Type A person. Um, and for me, I almost had been bariatricing—that that's a word—so um, yeah. well, and it hit you know this this number that I thought was was my goal so well to the point where when I did, I didn't even realize how much I was restricting and how much I was limiting to the point, like my body almost physiologically was like, you can't be like this. And so for me, maintenance was learning how to navigate and really dealing with my relationship with food. Okay. It was figuring out how to live a lifestyle where I was not surrounded by, you know, my focus being around food and my focus being around the way I looked and the focus being around a number on a scale. And I had to learn how to be a bariatric patient and also tackle an eating disorder that I had just recently been diagnosed with. So it was something that I was figuring out and really, really dealing with, you know, as Laura Grabo says, the kind of the mental work Mm -hmm. that comes along with bariatric surgery, learning how to cope with emotional eating, learning how to navigate all of that was and is super difficult. And that to me, is what living in maintenance is. It is learning to navigate um, and not feel deprived and figure out what stressors I have and why I gravitate towards food um, and why I gravitate so much towards trying to control every situation. And it's it's been the most difficult probably year um, I am two years post RNY. I had RNY December, 2020, and it has been, like I said, that first year, I thought it was hard. I didn't know hard <laughs> until <laughs> I hit, until I hit my goal weight. And then I went, Oh, I swear. Oh crap. It's real, yes. real hard. Yes. Like, like so hard. Um, yep. Yeah, it's been it's been an interesting year. It's been a year where I um, decided that I was going to throw out the one thing I felt like I needed to control, which was my scale. So for the last seven months, I have not weighed myself, which has been really eye opening experience. Um, oh, I bet.
0: Yeah, I threw out my food scale. Oh wow! So you really are learning how to live differently without mm-hmm. some tools that most bariatric patients think they need to live with kind of for the rest of their life.
1: Yeah. I opened and studied the intuitive eating book. Um, I went all April style and I was highlighting <laughs> and, and I was sticky noting and I then listened to it on an audio book And I said, how can a bariatric patient intuitively figure out what I need while still following all my bariatric guidelines. Um, I, and like I said, I have spent my whole life learning how to eat in a very, you know, I don't want to say clean, but in a, in a way where I knew what I was doing. And even now I know, you know, I know I get enough protein in and I know that I get enough physical movement in. And I said, what are gonna be my goals, you know, as I to transition to maintenance, what are gonna be my goals um, that are not focused on food? And so for me, that was living in maintenance. I made goals more so about, you know, I'm looking at like my goals right now, cause I have it like written on a whiteboard um, in my woman cave. Um, I literally said, I'm gonna prioritize sleep, water, protein, Again, all aligning with bariatric goals, and to me, fitness became a huge part of my life. Um, I Sunday I finished and I ran. You know, my biggest goal this year, which was running a half marathon. Um, I had very big goals for myself while doing it. I wanted to start strong. I wanted to finish strong, and I knew that I wanted to. Um, hit a certain time marker. And I also wanted to feel like I did it and it didn't completely wear me down. So I wanted to have the physical stamina that when I left there, I was myself almost. Like it didn't wear me down and I smashed those goals. And for me, that's what I had to learn was success. It wasn't a number on a scale. It was more so just hitting... Physical goals to me that made me feel stronger, both physically and mentally. And that's Mm -hmm. what I, that's what living in maintenance is. It means doing the dirty work. It means pushing your body and seeing what you're physically capable of, what you're mentally capable of, um, and finding who are your people that are going to build you up while doing that hard work. And that's hard because you got to do all that but also got to do your like normal everyday life. You know, if you have kids, you got to take care of kids. You got to take care of pets. You got to take care of, of a significant other, you know, um, you got to make money. So like all of these things on top of all of these other things, it's, it's balance and it's maintenance and it's, it's not all it's difficult
0: Yeah, I think the the most surprising thing about maintenance for most bariatric patients is the level of difficulty and the level of attention that you really do now have to focus on all of these different facets of your bariatric life, but also of, of your life in general right? Because you you get surgery, you think, oh, I'm just going to have the surgery. I'm going to eat less. Everything will be great. The honeymoon, it does feel like it's easier. The weight's falling off. Everything's great, right? And then you reach this point where you realize it's not necessarily about my weight. It's not necessarily about my size and my shape. Like the things that are actually going to bring me the most joy in my life are these deeper pieces, the headwork that you're talking about, the connections that you're talking about, right? This balance And it is a monumental, uh, lift for everybody. Yeah. I think that
1: it's, it's, it's difficult to explain to someone beforehand, to be honest, like if someone would have told me all of this beforehand, if someone would have said to me, you know, by doing this, by being so restrictive, by, you know, allowing yourself to not have any flexibility in your first year, you were going to trigger an eating disorder. You never dealt with your whole life. I would have been like, sure. Yeah. Like, I I don't think I would have honestly believed it, but I was in the throes of it. I didn't realize how bad it was until I'm looking back now and reflecting, um, on really doing what I had done best my whole life, trying to control every facet of everything. And now it's like, I'm trying to learn to let go a little bit of, you know, and realizing, and with that did come some regain, it did come, you know, some of that came along with it. And me being like, that's okay. Like, it's okay to not be at my smallest, you know, and it's funny because it makes me super emotional. Um, and it's okay to not be, you know, a certain number or certain size, like that's okay. You know, what is really a priority and what really is important And what we're all trying to achieve, I don't care what anyone will say, we're really trying to achieve a healthier us. That could be physically, that could be mentally, but it's a healthier us to some capacity. And if someone tells you any differently, they're kind of not telling themselves the truth. Um, And that's really honestly what we're all trying to do. And for every single one of us, that's totally different. Mm -hmm. That's not a specific number or a certain BMI, you know, it really is just overall health. Some of us may never achieve a quote unquote normal BMI. And that doesn't mean that we're not healthy in some capacity, you know, and whatever that is, is really the main focus of what I think maintenance should be. It should be obtaining some level of health for yourself. And that could be a whole slew of goals. For me, it's going to be getting rid of some of that excess skin surgically because that's uncomfortable for me. And that's not allowing me to live a lifestyle where I can achieve my fitness goals and it's causing me discomfort. So for me, that's a level of health and it's a level of maintenance where I think that I need that. I need that and I need to, I need that for my mental health too, you know, I need that for Mm -hmm. comfort. I need that for, you know, everything for me, it's setting very high fitness goals, um, and sticking with it. I think that maintenance for me is looking at my health and another big word I use all the time is consistency. You've got to be consistent no matter, you know, even if you do a little bit of something every day. There's got to be some sort of consistency when you live in a realm of maintenance.
0: Okay, hear me out. I went into surgery thinking it would be the only treatment I would need to overcome my chronic disease of obesity. About six months into my journey, I realized I was wrong. I was missing community, I was missing education from the experts, and I was missing a safe place to just go and connect with other patients who understood what I was going through. That's why Jason, Natalie, and I created the Berry Nation Membership Community. It is a safe and inclusive place for patients to gather with one another to learn from the experts and each other. Check out the Berry Nation Community today by visiting https backslash berrynation.mn.co to see what we have created. In Berry Nation, you belong and you don't have to do this journey alone talk more about that how did you get to this place of consistency and you know and the, the other word that I will throw into our conversation which I recently became aware of right I think people interchange the words consistency and frequency, but they actually mean very different things right you can you can consistently do something infrequently, right frequency is is referring to like the actual number of times that you're doing something consistency is just like you know how often it's getting done. So do you see a difference between the frequency in which you're doing things or is it just the consistency at which you are working on all of these facets? A little bit of both. Um, I think that I have
1: consistently committed to myself. I have chosen to be committed to me. Um, And that's hard because I was always, Pleasing everyone else. And that meant giving up on myself and giving away a little bit of myself. And being consistent with me means setting t- time for myself. That means that in my Google Calendar, which I share with my husband, it means putting in a time that I will be physically moving each and every day. Now, the frequency of which I'm doing something, something at a high intensity changes based on the week, based on how crazy things are. But I always make sure that there is some sort of consistency within my calendar. And I think that leaning on people has been huge for me. And that's something I also was not great at asking for help. So that meant that I was putting in my calendar when I was joining my Barry nation classes, and also it, it meant pulling away from some of that. So I also had to figure out a consistency that allowed me to not be so regimented and so much time. So I had to choose and sit down and say, what is the most important to me? And I said, my life and maintenance group was a non-negotiable. I said, that would be something I have to do every single week, bingo, that went in my calendar. And then I said to myself, I had to do an eating disorder therapy, group therapy every week. That's a non-negotiable that goes in my calendar. And I needed to do individual therapy. So that's three times a week. I do some sort of a mental health component consistency, right? Mm -hmm. Then I went ahead and the frequency I had to choose kind of, you know, this had to be done X amount of times. Um, And then I said to myself, running is something that I have fallen in love with. How do I, A, stay a consistent runner? That means without injury, right? So what else do I need to do for that? I need to do physical therapy. Boom. I do that twice a week. I run three times a week in order to be a good runner, you need to lift weights. You need to strength train. I don't care who tells you otherwise they're wrong. How do I incorporate that? I do strength training twice a week. So if we're going ahead and we're saying, Oh my God, she does so much, you know how to break it down. I do small incremental, you know, not everything is hours and hours. Sometimes it's 30 minutes, but every single week I build my week around those things because that is is my, my time. That is being consistent for me. And then I need to kind of fit in what do I need to do for my my family that week? You know, I do and I bulk cook on Thursday night. So I am half covered right now. You can't see my bottom half, but I'm covered in flour because it's yes. a Jewish holiday coming up. So I am covered in flour and I just made pounds of chicken and tons of vegetables and I am like so dirty. It's gross, but my top half looks looks fancy. So that's all that matters. So Mm. it's, it's just about being consistent for myself. And if I set myself up, then if something else happens and I need to pivot, I'll know that I have a whole week full of things that are focused on me. And if I need to pull something, I know I have something else another day that I can lean on. So if I can't, you know, make 30 minutes tonight to go ahead and, and get in my run. Okay. I can pivot. I know I'll wake up you know, at six 30 tomorrow, I'll get my run in Then, like, it's, it's about knowing that some things are totally a non-negotiable, but some things you can be flexible on, um, and really being consistent in doing it every single week. And if there's a day that your body is like, Oh my gosh, I'm exhausted. I need to rest. That's okay. You have two rest days. Like but knowing, hey, tomorrow, I'm getting right back on. Tomorrow, mm-hmm. this is something I have to do. And that has really helped me to maintain a lot of these goals. I don't know if that kind of answered your question in regards to consistency
0: and frequency. Yep. No, it it, it was exactly what, what I was wondering, right? Because I think so many people look. Um, at all of the things that they have to do, and they see it as being overwhelming, or they tell themselves, I don't have the time, I can't, there is no way. And when you describe kind of your order of operations, and not only that, but the the why behind your order, it, it becomes very clear that there is time. And you are saying no to different things so you can say yes to the things that are that are really making the biggest impact along your journey. And by saying yes to the things that are helping you, you're also able to say yes to the family things, yes to the other responsibilities. So it's not that everything isn't important. It's that you have just kind of rotated or switched up kind of your your order of operations or your order of importance so instead of you know work family something else something else something else you it's you family work right like it's the same amount of time you're just rearranging it right
1: and i figured out kind of what worked for me you know i'm a real morning person and so for me it was okay i'm going to function really well in the morning I'm going to see if I can move my work schedule. So I work from 7 a.m. to three, so that I have time to pick up the kids and be with them that core chunk of time, put them to bed at a decent time. And then it's me time. Yeah. So, you know, I kind of rearrange things so that I do have that flexibility to be able to go ahead and focus, you know, and make my non-negotiables a huge priority to me. but I also need to continue to work on it's okay if something comes up and something needs to be moved around and being flexible. Um, My eating disorder therapist said something very interesting that I think about a lot. She said that if you look out at a year, if you didn't work out or you didn't feel like a bariatric, you know, friendly, for one or even three days out of a whole year, okay? Do those three days in reality really matter? No, no, they don't. If you look at an entire year of your Google calendar and you had three little dots on days you didn't move or have intentional movement or days that you you ate something that you necessarily wouldn't always eat, does it matter who cares? because it's three days, it's all about what you're really doing 80% of the time. And that's maintenance. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have that, you know, that inability to pivot and realize, oh, hey, I'm going to go ahead and do something a little different, or, you know, I'm not going to be so regimented, which for me is hard, because like I said, I'm super type A. So for me, you know, I live by that. But I've had to learn that maintenance is being flexible and being able to pivot.
0: And that's huge. That's huge. Because I think you just don't assume that you think that maintenance is about rigidity, but it's not maintenance is about fluidity and flexibility and pivoting and trying new things and and experimenting. Yep. And, you know,
1: you know, I was so focused on a loss and so focused on losing, losing, losing mm-hmm. that I almost, when people say like, just eat balanced, well, what do you, how do you do that when you have always been taught to pull back or always had to follow a binder of some sorts? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you're almost being thrown to the wolves and you're like, well, now what? Mm-hmm. And so that's where I really turned to, you know, I would say after my first year is when I really turned to like my Berry Nation groups and, and friends and community. And I went ahead and I said, I need help. Now I need help. I was good at the other stuff. I spent 30 some years at doing the other stuff. And now, now is when I have no idea how to navigate these waters. Yep.
0: And I think that's when people feel most most alone and it's when they feel like they absolutely can't ask for help. Because I think in the back of of our brains, we think like, well, I've done this for a whole year. I should have this figured out now. Why don't I have it figured out? And then you feel guilt and shame and you think that you've done something wrong and, and you don't think that reaching out and saying exactly what you have done. Like, Hey, I need help. I actually don't know what to do. We think that that's going to like kill us. We, we, we think that it's just going to be such a shame or a stain on our life, but that's when you see people ghost. That's when you see most of the regain happen, right? That's where you see just the real hard, the hardest part of the bariatric journey is there. And so many people are are afraid to lean into anything, So what, what gave you the courage to lean into it or what, what really, you know, switched in your brain to help you understand that the support of a community was what you needed? I think some of it was a level of
1: fear. You know, there was that fear of, oh my gosh, I didn't do this to quote unquote fail. Uh You know, I don't think there's really a bad bariatric patient. I don't think that there's any sort of failure of any point, but that fear of, you know, thinking that we failed, really kind of drove me to be like, I will do anything this time around to do something different. And to me, it was, what am I good at? I am good at looking at a situation and thinking and finding out ways to educate myself and say, Hey, what makes someone quote unquote, good in this maintenance phase successful? You know, what do they do differently? And I said, okay, you know, this is a checklist. I'm really good at checklists. Okay. Um, They, they're in therapy. Good. They journal. I hate journaling. I'm going to put that to the side. Um, They go ahead and get support from people. Check. I can do that. Um, They see a dietitian. Check. I'm going to find a dietitian because mine didn't work out for my bariatric center. Good. They follow up yearly with my, with their bariatric team. Check. They get labs done. Check. I kind of went through this check mark of what should I be doing? And where am I still, you know, slacking, quote unquote. Um, you know, and then I have this whole other area of, hey, you know, you have this background and this diagnosis of an eating disorder, and how are you going to navigate that? And who is the team that you're going to put together to help you navigate being a bariatric patient? having, you know, this, you know, eating disorder, who are you going to put in your court and who is going to be your biggest supporter? And I have found that knowing who I can text and be like, I'm having a terribly crummy day. You know, I just need to tell you that, or, Hey, I ate and now I don't feel great. And I'm all in my head. And I have no idea what to do. And I'm just telling you this because I feel lost or I had a terrible day and I want to emotionally eat, or I'm just letting you know that I have a win and I walked outside instead of going ahead and eating. or I'm sitting here with my dog on the floor and I'm crying. Like, I know that just by reaching out, check, I can do that. That's something I can control. You know, can I find a million self-help books? Check. I went ahead and did that which podcast can I listen to, which, and I just literally made check marks on kind of a metaphorical list that I had of all of these different ways that I could help myself so that I wouldn't, you know, feel like I needed to be ghosted, you know, ghosting, you know, the bariatric world, because I felt like, you know, Hey, I'm not going to, I'm not going to let any of this you know, regain or any of this different approach that I'm having tell me that I'm not doing something right and then me pulling away and me, you know, labeling it as a failure and me saying, hey, forget it. I'm going to throw out everything I just did, screw it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to not allow, you know, any of this change and I'm going to go back to everything I knew. I was just, and I still am, I'm just so determined to not go back to it not only for myself, I'll be honest with you, April, really for everyone also around me. Like I was in horrible health. Like we go back to that because again, it comes back to your health. Mm -hmm. I was in failing health. My liver was failing. Like there was so much of me. When my doctor straight up said to me, you will not see your grandkids. Like I I was just, I was scared. And I'm like, I'm not going back there. Like I'm not, I will do everything in my power to not go back there. and that's where I said, what can I do? And so I do everything now that I can I can. and I had to learn that like certain times, you got to be a little flexible, but have that support around you. That's it. That's all you can do because if you are not sure what to do, at least I know that I have X, Y, and Z people that I can reach out to if I don't know what to do. And that's all anyone can do.
0: It's the most powerful, I think, statement in the world. I need help. Right. Three simple words.
1: Bingo. And that looks different for anyone. That could be weight loss medication. That could be more therapy. That could be finding a new dietitian that could be, you know, tackling an eating disorder. That could be you know, finding the right book, it could be a whole slew of things. It doesn't even matter just being able to identify that you need help and you cannot freaking do this alone. I don't care what anyone says. You cannot, even if, you know, you say, Hey, I don't want to identify as a bariatric patient. I want to, that's amazing, but you still have to have friends who just get you. You still have to have support of some capacity. That's it. It you just need to have, you need to have support in some way. And that could be a spouse. That could be a bariatric friend that could be in my case, probably 30 to 40 people. Like, I feel like I have an entire football field of people that I need in my life. And I love that. And that includes my dog. Like, and- you know, it, that's it. I need my kids. I, I need everyone. I need all my friends. I need everyone around me. I need that support. And I think finding what you need and using them is exactly what maintenance is all about.
0: It is. Wow. Uh, Girl, I I agree with you a thousand percent. I'm, I'm with you in this maintenance journey. And the most powerful thing that I realized is I thought I could do it alone. And I reached my breaking point. And I said the exact same thing to myself that you did. Like, I am not going back to who and what I was before. And when it clicked in my brain, that meant that anything that I used to do, I can't do anymore. Something shifted. Right. So anytime I realized like, Oh, I used to do that or, Oh, I used to think this, or, Oh, this is familiar. It was like, Oh, this has to change. Whatever this, whatever's happening in this moment. And at first it feels defeating. It feels overwhelming because there are days still when it's like, Oh my God, really this again, or now this, right. It just feels like this constant ocean of, you know, new things, but the only other option is then I will go back to what I was and who I was and what I was doing before. And I, I can't. So when I don't know what to do, like you, I have uh, an army of people. I have a nation of people that I can turn to and I can say, I need help. I don't know what to do. Yeah. That's all That's you have exactly to say. It is. Yeah. Because and- I just, it's so
1: easy to fall back in old habits and all routines. And also I find myself now I find myself going, okay, even if I went back to an old way or an old habit, I'm able to now come back and look at it and be like, well, why did I do that? And that's so different. Me questioning and me reflecting on everything I'm doing is not only a reflection on me working on my mental health and working through therapy, but it's also me learning to go, Hey, I'm identifying this bad pattern of behavior. I may still not know what to do with it. I may need my army of people, but at least I'm identifying, Hey, I'm feeling X, Y, and Z. Why am I feeling that? Like, it's interesting this morning, I kind of woke up and I was having, you know, this, ton of insecurity and i'm like why am i having that and usually i sat i sit there and i fester with myself and then i have this all this but instead i was kind of like well i'm gonna throw it out there you know to some friends and be like hey this is how i'm feeling and it was just all of them kind of even reassuring me and it's funny because i would say the same thing to them that they're saying to me but it's easier for me to be hard on myself because that's what we know
0: Mm -hmm.
1: that's what we know and so You know, it's it's surrounding yourself with good people who bring you up. And if that's if that's the biggest thing that I can that I can tell myself two years ago was that continue to keep the good friends you have and realize that there's so many more people out there who could also build you up and moving away from people who don't. You know, it was not this big kind of falling out that I had with anyone. It was just kind of slowly pulling myself away from unnecessary drama. I have enough going on in my day-to-day life and enough priorities. And if I showed people what I do in a day, they'd be exhausted just looking at it. So I don't have time for anyone who's not going to add joy in my life. And that's, that's been, that's been hard because I'm totally a person who wants everyone to love me. Um, and realizing that you know I need to again prioritize a little bit of me in this maintenance journey, and it's not a selfish me. It's it's a me knowing that if I don't have a strong foundation of who I am and what my goals are and what health means to me, I cannot give and give and give and give because at some point I'm not going to have anything left.
0: It sounds like you have really had quite the transformation
1: i'm gonna i'm working
0: on being th- and saying thank you so thank you um because <laughs> um, that's something so hard for me to do uh girl you oh i i know that i know that but yeah. just to hear here there is a lot of joy in this very difficult work that you have been describing There's a lot of joy in the work. There's a lot of hope in the work. There's a lot of resolve. There's a lot of commitment. There's a lot of, you know, the acknowledgement that you're not going to, you don't know it all and you're not going to know it all, but you're okay with that because you know what you can do to answer the questions as they come. Yeah. And when I
1: don't have any idea, I know who to go to. And that's, and that's, I found the biggest missing piece. Um, I just felt like I was sliding through year one and kind of, you know, coasting and doing all the things and doing all the work. And then you reach a point where you're like, well, now what? And then I realized that now a lot of work needs to go into Knowing how I got to the point that I needed surgery, what got me there, um, and how do we change our story? How do I change my story? How do I navigate, you know, everything that I was so good at pushing down or using food to cope with, um, and changing? my relationship with food, not being afraid of certain foods, um, which I still am working on, um, Mm -hmm. and really, really rewrite my future. And that's, that's a, you know, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And one of my best friends from college, you know, one of the reasons why I live in Maryland, um, She's like, if anyone could do this, it's you. And she told me that two years ago, you know, two plus years ago, she's like, she's like, you're the hardest working person I know. And I'm like, "Ah, everyone's hardworking, but now I see you need to, you need to just be willing to work on yourself. And it's hard. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to say it's easy. Um, It makes me emotional because it is hard and it's, it's exhausting at points, but it's so worth it. It's so worth it. It's it's literally like crossing a half marathon, which I did on Sunday. It's crossing that finish line. You're like, oh my gosh, that was so much work. And then you're like, I'm gonna do it again. Yeah. And that's what it is. And if that is the best analogy, I'll probably give you. You know, it's crossing a line and saying, Now, next time, how can I do it and improve and be even stronger? And that's what maintenance is. It's just keep going, keep, you know keep, you know, working on yourself, keep working on yourself. And it's, it's going to show at the end, you know, it's going to be hard. There's going to be terrible run days. I've had some days where I would run outside and I'd be like, oh my God, I'm not a runner. I cannot do this. And other times I'd be like, look at me. I am the strongest invincible person in the world. And I'd be, (laughs) or I'd be in the gym and I'd be like planking with 30, 40 pounds on my back. And the guys would walk by and be like, whoa, she's so strong. And then other days I'm like, I can't even squat. You know, it's just, you're going to have highs and you're going to have lows. And as long as, you know, you just keep at it, it's just, it's just going to be, I don't want to say easier. It's just going to be, you know, you showing up for yourself and something is going to transition and, and, and it's going to show you that, you know, you're on the right path for you. That's it. Like it's, it's figuring out how to live a life where we're, you know, aligning all of our bariatric goals, aligning all of our, you know, personal goals our, our financial goals and figuring out how do we intertwine everything, but also still maintain balance.
0: I, and I don't I, have it
1: all figured out.
0: <laughs> no, girl, you and me both. You and me both. I, I, these past couple, uh, weeks, I've really been the, for whatever reason, just the picture of a braid keeps popping into my head, right? Like if you're making a bracelet or you're braiding somebody's hair, whatever, right. This, 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 this action, right. Our bariatric life, our life is just a bunch of different strings that it's just hanging there. And independently they're string. They're nice. Like, okay, it's, it's there, but if we can figure out how to weave them together, it's going to make this beautiful tapestry of our life and we are in a position to braid it however we we see fit right to create whatever is going to be the most beautiful in our eyes but the work is the braiding the work is learning how they are going to weave together in what way they look the best in what way they flow the best and and I think maintenance is you know sometimes you start braiding and then you realize oh that doesn't look good or i've made a mistake and you have to undo some of it it doesn't exactly. mean that it's still not that your strings are still there like your project is still there you're just you're just taking apart a little bit of it so you can put it back together in a different way that's all that right. this is and it's it's for me
1: it's just going ahead and figuring out what do i not want my future to look like, what do I want it to look like? And how do I take the parts and weave those parts that I want mm-hmm. and really kind of throw away the beads that I don't, you know, to me yeah. it was so much more than just maintaining, you know, a certain weight. It was figuring out what I want out of the next I don't know how many years it was figuring all of that out. And it's, it's interesting. Cause my husband said to me, he goes, I feel like I'm like redating you right now. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, I feel like we need to redate. He's like, because you're just a very different person. He's. And at first I was like, well, what do you mean? I don't feel any different. He's like, you are, you know, you're just, there's so many different priorities to you. And the more I thought about it, the more I was I he was right. Like I had to refigure out myself and redate myself. And now it's like, I feel like I can put in the time to, you know, work on that communication with him, work on that communication with my kids, figure out what do they need? Because I had to go ahead and redate myself in order to give of myself because I truly didn't know myself and I'm figuring it out, you know, in my 30s when I already have a career and when I already have kids and I'm now going and figuring out, Hey, this is truly what is a priority to me. And this is not. And, and this is what, sorry, there's yelling. This is real life <laughs> flower covered pants, the children yelling.
0: <laughs>
1: my husband shushing everyone and being like, she's <laughs> in a meeting. <laughs> this is like life. dogs by my Um, it's, it's just navigating everything is,
0: yeah, I've lost track of everything I was saying. (laughs) You, you didn't, uh, what, what rings true, uh, for me in, in what you're talking about is that when you get very clear on what is important to you and you get very clear on your goals, And then you go the needed step and say, okay, what do I have to do every day, every week, every month? What do I need to think? How do we need to act to reach those goals? So when you have the goals and when you have the actions, when things come at us, which they do constantly, we can can judge this opportunity against our goals and those actions. And if this opportunity does not align to those things, it's very easy to say no. And if they align, you can say yes. And the quicker that you can get at filtering out the yes and the no, the more time you're going to have to do all all the yes, to do the things. And if we are just focusing on the things that will allow us to reach our goals and to think the things and take the action towards those goals, we will quickly see our life moving in that direction. But if we're not clear on those things, we're going to spend a lot of time figuring out like, Ooh, do I do it? Do I not use, we, we can use that as our yes, no lens. We can use that, that lens to help us make these, these decisions. And I know right before surgery, before maintenance, that was not how I operated, but the more honed in, I get on that system. And it sounds like it's exactly what you described. Uh, the more, the, the, the better I can identify what is actually going to help and what is not. And it's really easy then to say no to the things that won't and yes, to the things that will.
1: Yeah. And I've had to pull away from, you know, I was always, you know, someone asked me to volunteer here and do this. And I, and I would always be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was, I was really, you know, pulling myself and, and spreading myself too thin. Um, And then I couldn't really give to me and give to myself um, because it was just, you know, I wanted to please everyone. I wanted to do all of that. And that's where I really had to, you know, reevaluate what, what would, what is going to really truly bring me joy. Like, oh my gosh, now I'm blanking on that show. Sparks joy. Oh, she like goes into people's homes.
0: Oh, oh my gosh, um, I not remember her name.
1: Marie Kondo. Marie Kondo. Thank you. Oh yes. Like I feel like I had to Marie Kondo my life in maintenance. Like I had to figure out, okay, does this bring me joy? And really kind of reassess, hey, what does, what will make me happy? What will give me long-term success? What will be positive? Who will be a positive influence? And how do I obtain that? And how do I go ahead and make that and bring that into fruition? Like, what do I need to do in order to get my goals in place? Um, you know, and I've done everything from finding a running coach, going to PT, um, you know, coming to Barry nation classes, you know, finding myself a therapist, finding myself, you know, all these groups and going ahead and then figuring out, Hey, okay. In the long run, what am I going to keep? What am I going to pivot? Like, it's just, it's a balancing act and it's, it's tough. And at the end of the day, I still do maintain and prioritize my bariatric goals. Um, and still, you know, all of those are in the forefront, but they don't necessarily take up as much space as they used to Yep. in my mental health. It's still Mm -hmm. something I actively just is not, it's just not encompassing every facet of me. Oh no, we're losing internet connection
0: here. <laughs> oh well, here we go. welcome. Yeah. Well, welcome to the tech world. Well, but again, yeah. it's it's you, 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 you really do have a, a well-refined system, right? It's it's saying here's all the things that, that would help, and then it's doing them all, and then it's coming back and going, what actually helped the most? What brought the most joy? What was the most effective? I going to continue doing that, right? You're you're constantly looking, trying, kind of trimming the fat, so to speak, and you're just continuing to pour your energies back into those things that are bringing you joy that are aligned to your bariatric life uh, and ensure that they fulfill you as a person. Yeah. Yeah. And I've had to like figure out kind of what works for
1: me and it's, it's, you know, it's simple. Some days as you know, I have everything ready to go food wise. So I don't even have to think about it, Mm -hmm. you know? So I know that, you know, everyone at work kind of chuckles, but I'm literally in my workout gear all day. Because when I come home, I throw off my scrubs and I'm like, let's do this. Yeah. So I'm like ready to go from the morning and I'm like, I've got this. Like I am just in my workout clothes all day. Cause I'm like, okay, like how do I make this work for me so that I can transition from kind of what I'm doing at one point to another. And it's just figuring out and being a well-oiled machine, mm-hmm. getting everything in my Google calendar, staying on top of, you know groceries, doing the kind of that day-to-day, it kind of adds a level of maintenance that takes away all of that burden. You know, I no longer kind of have to be like, oh, I'm not going to have enough food. I'm not going to have the protein I need. I'm not going to have, you know, the vitamins, ever. That's on autopilot. Like that just comes from pro care. You know, I don't even have to think about it. You know, my food's already in the fridge because I already bulk cooked, you know, I have all the protein I need. I stock up at Costco and Costco is my favorite place ever. Mm. If you ask me what aisle something's in, I can tell you. <laughs> so, you so know, it's just, it's just figuring out what works for you. And, you know, for me, it was how do I make all of those systems that I can control real easy and seamless so that I can work on that mental health component. Cause that's what is the work and maintenance.
0: Yeah. yep, That's what it is. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, thank you so much for taking the time to, to talk with me tonight. This has just been, <laughs> it's been amazing. It really has been, it just, it, it, it makes me feel good as somebody who's in this phase with you because when I hear other people struggling with the things that I've been struggling with, I know that I'm not alone. And when I hear your recipe, there are things that you are doing in your own recipe that I'm going to take and incorporate into my own recipe. Because I know everything that you do is not going to work for me, but you do a lot of things that I think are going to work for me. And I'm just so thankful that you are willing and able to, to speak so honestly about what you're going through, because I know it helps it helps you, but it helps all of us. And that's just yeah. amazing.
1: No, thank you, April. And thanks for giving me your time. And I think that um, if anyone is struggling, know that I'm not a professional, but I have open ears and I'm happy, you know, to chat because I think that knowing that, you know, navigating especially the bariatric world while having an eating disorder is difficult. Um, and it can feel like a lot and it's hard to find resources. And I've spent a lot of time looking for resources. And so if anyone needs any help, um, I'm happy to chat with them. So
0: I'm an open book. What you see is what you get with me. And it's a pretty rad book. So for that. <laughs> <laughs> where, where can they find you? Where, where,
1: how can people get in touch with you? Um, mostly on Instagram. Um, I'm there a lot. Um, it's, um, at S C H O N Y that was my nickname as a, one of my friends gave me, um, it's my last name underscore weight loss surgery edition. So you can find me there, message me, um, and let me know, Hey, I need someone to talk to or Hey, you know, I need help meal prepping because I love doing that.
0: I I think the only thing they would have to say to you in in, in a direct message would be, I need help. That's all all (laughs) they'd have to do. (laughs) Oh, awesome. Elle, thank you so very much. I appreciate you just tremendously. Thank you. Thank you, April. Bye. All right, my friends, you heard it from Elle herself. There were some big takeaways in this episode. The biggest one for me really was when she described how she thought life and maintenance was really going to be all about, you know, rigidity, but really what she's discovering and what I'm discovering as well is that life and maintenance is about fluidity. It is about learning to flex and bend to meet whatever comes our way in life because life doesn't stop just because we've had bariatric surgery as much as we hope and wish that it would. So I hope you really got a lot lot out of this episode. We're so thankful to Elle and to all of our community members who are willing and able and excited to share their stories with us. If you don't follow Barry Nation on Instagram, today would be a great day to do so. Just head there and search for Barry.Nation. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel and to our podcast channel. You'll be the first to know when new episodes drop. And of course, we love to connect with you on all of the places that we are, including our membership community. This journey was not designed to be uh, moved through alone, despite what your doctors or what you might have thought. Obesity is an isolating disease and we can fight the isolation and the disease by connecting with a community of people who understand what it means to be a bariatric patient. We invite you to check it out by visiting www.barynation.mn.co. You can learn all about our community there and we would love to welcome you. If Jason was here, He would thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for reviewing our podcast. And he would also let you know that you've got this and we've got you. Thanks, friends, for listening and watching. Bye.